Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. I can't believe we're doing two weeks in a row, but here we are. And today I am back with Mark. How's it going, Mark? Going good. So recently, let's just jump right into it. Recently, we redesigned healthambition.com, which was kind of like the original case study of Atari Hacker, you know, where people were like, oh, what makes you different? We're like, well, we do this stuff. Check out Health Ambition. I mean, it was much more than just a, a case study. It was the site we started, which taught us everything we know about authority sites, basically. I mean, it wasn't just like we kind of did it to see what we could do. It wasn't started as a case study, but when we started Authority Hacker, it was already doing well. And we're, it's like, it's what made us say, like, oh, we're doing this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But so that site, when did we start Health Ambition? 2000s? 2013. Yeah. And January. as you can imagine, it had a 2013 design. It was already a bad design for 2013. <laughs> so it was about time to refresh it. To be honest, it looked a bit terrible. A bit. I don't want to say the word because I, don't, I want to get my PG-13 rating. But it was pretty bad. And there was a lot of issues with it. The whole thing was built on Thrive Themes slash Thrive Content Builder back then. Not even Thrive Architect, like the old, old one. Originally, we started with that, but like quickly after we switched to, we switched to it. Um, and really, the site had had a slow growth for a while, despite a fairly aggressive link acquisition. I would say that like maybe in the last year and a half, we've really figured out link building to a level that's like much stronger than it used to be. And we applied it to this site. And despite that, the, the growth of traffic was just not very good. One of our analysis was just the site wasn't very good, right? It was like it was five figures per month, but it was not really growing so much. And for the first time, January 2018 was actually a lower traffic number than January 2017, where as especially in the health market, it's a very seasonal market in terms of people wanting to lose weight, etc. And so January tends to be the biggest burst of traffic in the year. And every year since we started that site, there was more traffic every January, which was a sign of growth. And I'm still not convinced, though, that this was to do with like the, the, the site itself. So back in... I say, I'm just talking about how it was before we redesigned, and we can talk about how it is after, you know? Yeah, but back in uh, August we stopped uploading content because we changed some people on our team and we didn't have anyone to upload content. So that when we had, you know, hundreds of articles backed up. So there was no new content going off on on the health ambition since then, up until very recently. And also because of that, that meant we started running out of content to build like new skyscraper content to build links to and stuff. So I do think that had an impact on it as well. Yeah, it was huge actually. I mean, we can see now we're publishing new content and like it's it's going back up, like new con- new traffic, new content is getting traffic and it's, it's definitely going in the right direction. But on top of that, like on top of where we were at this point, which I think a lot of people experience some kind of plateauing with the site once it reaches a certain scale, it kind of like you go from plateau to plateau, you know, like you, you plateau for a while, then you grow in plateau. And health emission has had these phases where it would be like less than a thousand visitors per day. Then it would like jump quite fast to like 2000 per day, then plateau for a while, then go up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to a point where now it's like tens of thousands of visitors per day. But 
this plateau had been the longest we've had, I think, on this site. And, and I think you've pointed out that it was because there was no content, etc., which I believe was also the biggest content drop that we've had on this site. And every time this happens, this content drop, we, we let it happen and we regret after. Uh, <laughs> Which is where we're at right now, now that like traffic's going back up. I don't actually regret this one because the way we were doing everything up until that point was, I'm sorry for PG-13, but it was pretty shit. Like the way in which we were uploading content, I mean, it was, it was all right. It was decent, but it wasn't great. And, you know, that that's the ultimate challenge with growing any site is maintaining quality while you scale. And it's a very, very tough thing to do. And sometimes you have to make which are things decisions which in the short term actually hurt you so that in the long term you can you can grow while maintaining quality and that's what we're essentially trying to do here so what were the challenges with the old site i mean first and foremost it was very hard to work on the site so right now we're running some pretty cool conversion optimization tests on the some of the tables in which we recommend different amazon products and Already, you've seen some very promising, like, you know, plus 40% type results. And the way it was built before, it was almost impossible. Okay, so, you know, if we ran that test and we decided that, then we'd have to go through everyone individually, every page individually, and edit them manually and, and drive marketing. To apply the new design that you found won the test, right? Exactly. Because it was built in Drive Architect. This is one of the fundamental flaws, not just with Drive Architect, but with any what you see is what you get editor. But not only that, but over time, we'd had like patchworks of different technologies. So there were some like 2013 shortcodes in there. Then there were some like old school Thrive content builder stuff in there. Then there was another version of, of that, which had slightly different layout. And then there was like the Thrive Architect. Layout. So it wasn't consistent across the whole site. And it was just an absolute nightmare to work on. Not to mention all the broken images, broken links, different designs from various logos we'd had over the years. We did stuff like we hard-coded years into featured images. There's probably still a few of those on the site right now. But yeah, it was a lot of mistakes that if we were building that site from the ground up today, which essentially we did, we wouldn't make those, those same mistakes again. I mean, going back to older content on the site felt like archaeology, you know? You would go back and find like an ancient civilization lived there completely differently from you and did something completely different. And basically the content was just... So you, if you check content from 2013, it was just so different from what it is now. And mostly because I think, and we'll talk about this, it's just like the, I think the formatting we were going for was too complex. It's like, it's kind of a trap that a lot of people fall into and is like discover these drag and drop builders, etc., which we have definitely fall, fell into with the initial health ambition, and I would argue with Atari Hacker in his current form as well, is trying to do super fancy magazine stuff, which is completely unnecessary. And people like most of these things don't show up very well on many screen resolutions on mobile, etc. And yeah, because of that, it was basically impossible to have a brand experience on the site and if you check the biggest sites like in our case you know the biggest sites in house would be like drx.com it would be mind body green it would be greatest these kind of sites are healthline as well these kind of sites they don't do any of that they just like go with very very simple but very well branded and, and well coded in css themes and then their content is super simple it's just text and images so we've decided to essentially take a, a similar approach i would say as well mobile experience in general was 
pretty bad. And to be frank, it was due to the to the theme we used. We used Focus Block, which is still used on Atari Hacker at the time at which we're recording this podcast. And it's going to be changed. Even though on Atari Hacker, I've kind of like tweaked it a bit so it looks a bit better on mobile. And another thing is a lot of stuff was broken, right? Broken links, broken images, completely broken pages from, you know, like you change the width of your theme and then you had built it in a certain way and boom, when you had fancy formatting, it all breaks. I can't remember what it was uh, what it was for, but I remember you got a bit trigger happy with the, the find and replace tool or plugin or whatever. And like a bunch of, was it like Amazon AWS images or something were broken? Oh, yeah. I mean... At some point, we were using a plugin that would host images on Amazon S3 so that it would make the hosting just use less bandwidth and just the servers be able to be faster, for the site to be faster, right? The problem is this plugin, which is called Offload to S3, I think, got buggy. And this is the plugin that actually broke Atari Hacker during the launch when I was in the middle of the webinar. That I told that story in another podcast, but essentially I was doing a webinar. Uh, at the end of the webinar, I was going to sell Atari Hacker Pro, and <laughs> the whole site just crashed in the middle of my presentation. I had to essentially bring it back up by removing this Amazon S3 thing. So we decided to also remove it from Health Ambition. However, when you use a visual page builder, such both Elementor and Thrive will do this. When you save... Like it kind of like renders the page, right? Renders visually. So when you use um, a CDN, for example, and your image is hosted on S3, normally what it does is it goes on the URL of the image on, on WordPress. So like WP content or WP uploads, I can't remember. And then it goes, it redirects to Amazon S3. So like even if you don't use S3, it still works, right? However, when you save it with the content builder, it actually hard codes that new URL because it's rendered the page. So it went to the final URL, in that case, the S3 URL. And it's hard coding it on the page. So when you turn off this plugin, everything breaks. And essentially, the one way I found to solve it was to apply a little bit of duct tape on it, i.e. use the find and replace plugin to take all the S3 URLs and replace them with our WordPress URLs. And eventually, it kind of worked. A lot of these things happen when you stack up a lot of complex technology. And we're going to keep talking about it. Like, Keeping it simple just removes a lot of these issues that will happen on your site. And honestly, it saves you a ton of time. Like We haven't had any major technical problem on the new health ambition since we relaunched it, which is really nice. I can do other things, you know. Yeah. Another big challenge we had was in, in uploading. So anyone that uses Drive Architect or, or something similar is probably all too familiar with the amount of time it actually takes to, once you've written an article, to upload it and do all the fancy formatting and stuff. I mean, that was, with the amount of content we were outputting, that was like a serious, serious cost, you know? And so, I mean, we still have someone whose, you know, primary responsibility is to upload content, but they're doing it like at a much bigger scale and across many more sites now versus, you know, this time last year, one person could just about keep up with health ambition and not much else. And we were producing less content back then. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I want to take a break here and say it's not that we don't say visual editors are not good. I just think they're not good for every single post you publish. If you're going to be designing your your homepage on Elementor, I think it's fine. If you're going to design your about page, like kind of like these core static pages, your sales pages, these kind of things, it can be fine. Now, 
opening these these crazy editors and making crazy formatting for every single blog post you release. I think we're moving away from this. I think it's it's definitely. I mean, there's no if, ands, or but about it. We are never using that again for any new site, period. Like, uh, that's not even a question. For posts. For posts. that Like, for, for marketing pages, I would argue that it's still useful. So, I would say, like, in our situation, which is not the same situation as most people are in, but we now have a full-time designer, and we have a a developer who's a front-end developer who's working freelance but almost full-time basically and we're we're looking to to hire someone as well for that role like in the team in that situation then it doesn't make sense for us to use these these what WYSIWYG editors such as thrive architects such as elementor but if you don't have this i think it's still good i mean i'm about to re-record the authority site system right when i'm rebuilding the site i'm definitely using elementor for the homepage, etc no question. Yeah. Just to explain, in the situation we're in, where it ultimately falls down is that if it's just you, one person working on their own, and you, you're not a designer, you're not a developer, you want to come up with a page design, WYSIWYG Editor is great. Where you have a specialist UX designer who is you know, in Photoshop or whatever other tool making some design, and then you're asking your developer to build it, that's the difficult thing, trying to build a pixel-perfect version of a PSD design in one of these tools that is responsive on you know, full HD screens plus uh, mobile, plus tablet, et cetera, et cetera. It's just not going to work. doesn't matter which... I wouldn't say it's not going to work. I would say we don't have experience with it. Uh, I think it can work, and uh, there's designers that do it, you know? I disagree. I don't think you can build... You can build something if you build it from... You can design something if you design it in... A WYSIWYG editor, but to build a PSD design in a WYSIWYG editor that's fully responsive, I don't think it can be done. If anyone wants to prove me wrong, please, please show me a site. I haven't seen one yet. Yeah, I just refrain from any kind of extreme statement because I, I often get proven wrong, so I'd be careful if I was you. But yeah, like what I want to say though is that I really like the new theme builder they have on Elementor, which allows you to design your posts, but not by using the Elementor editor for every single post you're doing, but rather design the post area and how it's laid out, et cetera. And then after that, you just write, and you can use custom fields. So like, you know, if you're doing single reviews, et cetera, it's quite cool. And I'm actually going to use that in the new authority site system that I'm going to recall really soon, actually. And I think this is actually really cool. And I highly recommend newbies and people who are single printers to use this rather than using a visual editor for uploading every single post. But I think I think that's one thing that a lot of people wanted to hear from us, like what is our state on these things, etc. It really depends on where you are in your business. If you're a solopreneur and if you don't have a lot of resources, they're kind of useful. I mean, like it's the best way to build a website on your own. They're not perfect. And especially if you're trying to translate a PSD design into a builder, it's going to be complicated. And where we're at right now, it was time for us to essentially move on from this. Although I, I do expect that sometimes for marketing, I could still be using it. Also, when I work with our designer, I actually sometimes just use a page builder to build a raw version of what I want, you know, with all the functionalities, etc. And then I'm like, okay, let's design this and then build it in uh, in like custom HTML, etc. So sometimes it's kind of useful even just to work with the designer, actually. Okay, I think that was all the challenges. Uh, clearly, you can see that we've made a lot of bad decisions. Another thing I want to point out that we haven't fixed yet is that we used to get a lot of traffic from Pinterest. 
And we kind of like let it fall off. And also because of the lack of branding, the fact that the brand was all over the place, et cetera. We we're just not very happy with that. So we, we kind of wanted to reboot the brand for to, to even start Pinterest again. So knowing all these challenges, the goals when we started redesigning was one mobile experience because it was so bad. And because I think it's like 75% of the traffic or 80% is mobile on health emission. It was like number one, just being able to actually use the site properly on every device was very important. Second was increase the conversion rate and the trust. So like the branding, the for simple formatting, but uh, easy to see call to actions, etc. We wanted to increase conversion rate here. One of the business models we want to go after next for this site is selling sponsored content, not selling links with no follow any links that we sell through sponsored content, literally just for exposure, sending emails to the email list, etc. Native advertising type stuff. For this, we need a better brand. Pinterest, so we haven't done this yet. But overall, I think this, the focus for health mission right now is not to sell products, it's actually to grow it as a stage two site. So mix of info content and commercial content and revenue from affiliate and advertising. And one of the goals that we had for this is actually understanding which pages make the most money on the site so we can push more similar pages and just push them more for like link building and so on. So that was also a big issue that we should probably have mentioned in challenges is we had almost no tracking in health ambition. So it was making money, but it was very hard to tell where the money was coming from. And that was something that we had to look into, especially with the number of pages. I mean, this is a site with like around a thousand posts. So it is a bit of a challenge to to identify what's making money and what's not making money. Should we talk about the actual process of redesigning after talking for 20 minutes already? That was me actually at the beginning, right? It was the tech decisions. So I had to put a brief together with like every plugin we want to use, the theme we want to use, this debate on like page builders, not page builders. Initially, we had Elementor in there. Also, how we're going to do all the tracking, so for the theme, actually, we went with uh, GeneratePress, which is a free theme. Uh, they have a paid version. We have the paid version. You kind of have to buy it if you want to do like a custom build, really. But if you want to do a basic site, actually, the free version is, is good enough. And it's definitely going to be my recommendation right now. GeneratePress is really good. Astra is also really good. In terms of page builder, we started with Elementor. Then we were like, eh, you know what? We just custom build it. And for, I mean, I'm not going to go through every single plugin. I mean, a big part of the reason for, for that is uh, in our like product reviews, we wanted to have review boxes and tables and this kind of stuff, which previously we'd had in Drive Architect. So we figured, oh, we need something similar in the new site. But as we were playing around with it, the plugin AWP, what's it stand for? Amazon Affiliates for WordPress? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. It was uh, it's a really, really, really good tool. And we're able to build in some like extra short codes and can sort of combine it all to make very simple short codes that we can we can create, which will give us the tables we need in the format we need. Plus, has all the advanced like Amazon stuff that uh, the AWP plugin has. So that kind of solved that problem, and then it alleviated the requirement to have any kind of uh, WYSIWYG editor at a post level. We still wanted to do it at a page level. Then we tried to build the design on the homepage and it just didn't work in Elementor. We couldn't achieve what we had designed, so we would have to change everything and we didn't want to do that. So we just built it in HTML. Yeah, it's just we had a very precise idea of what we wanted. And it was like if we had just started building on Elementor, I think it would have been fine. But in this case, yeah, it didn't work out so well. 
Yeah, and the design was actually a complete like rebrand from scratch. So we literally kept nothing of the old health and vision. We just gave a blank page to our designer and we're like, figure it out. And so she did. And there was a bunch of iterations, like the, what you see now. There's like maybe maybe we can post some like some of the ones in the in the show notes actually, but you can find them on notoriohacker.com/ha-redesign. But essentially, yeah, we started from scratch. We we did all the brand colors, all the fonts, picked a theme, everything essentially. And then when it came to actually get building the site, that's when we were like. Like, you know, I checked the old WordPress and it was so bloated with, in the database with like all the plugins we had used and it was actually very slow. It was terrible. So we're like, you know what? We don't want to redesign and kind of have this, this shitty base and we could have cleaned it up, etc. But we're like, since a lot of posts were built in uh, Thrive Architect and we didn't want to use this on Health Ambition, we decided that it was actually a better idea to just start from a fresh WordPress install. So we use Kinsta for hosting, which is an expensive hosting. So I don't recommend you start with this. If you want to start with something, use SiteGround. You can also do it. Essentially, we created a new site. I think it was called like new HA on Kinsta, et cetera. And we just, yeah, started building the site from scratch there. So first the design and then figuring out how to upload and format it individual posts and then the idea was to essentially rebuild the site to the point where it's ready and then just change where, which site the domain points to so it's since it's on the same host it's actually pretty easy and it, it was like low risk no downtime or anything like this so that was essentially the plan for health mission that's what we did and it kind of worked well now can you explain how it worked for re-uploading every single post because i think some people are interested uh, so so this uh, i mean this isn't a redesign this is like essentially rebuilding the entire thing from scratch there's many things that need to be migrated if you're doing that and the biggest thing is obviously the content so the the blog posts now as long as you make sure everything every post is the same url you're good from an seo perspective like there's not much that can go wrong and i do recommend you check and triple check that at various stages and just before you you go live and make sure your vlookup game is on point so you can find any errors and stuff but there's a couple ways i think you can do it natively within wordpress now there's like an export function but we used a, a plugin which is like basically an advanced version like export all and you can like choose the columns from the database you want to have so you can sort it in different ways or pull different dimensions so a good example was when we migrated the comments we would pull like the urls but also the post id number because we're rebuilt everything from scratch all the post id numbers changed so we had to map them over i think we messed up a few of them but we got sort of 99 percent or 98 percent of them or that was a issue in itself we needed a developer to help us with that but yeah basically the the biggest chunk of the work and it took one guy about three months three and a half months of work to do was to move every piece of content i think it was 700 the high 700s i think it was there, there was a few that we got rid of but 780 something to basically copy all of all of that and put it in the new in the new site but it wasn't just a wasn't just a copy paste there was a process we went through like we made an sop for it and we iterated as we went through but we would for example have to remove all the unnecessary code from it so it thrive architect adds in a bunch of like div tags and just loads and loads of unnecessary stuff for 
you know, I mean, it's necessary for it to work, but for, for a new site, we, we didn't want it in. So uh, actually, uh, one of the H Pro members, Kevin Espiritu, pointed us towards uh, a tool called HTML-cleaner.com. Um, after playing around with some of the settings, we were able to kind of do 99% of the code cleanup that way. So we would copy the code, paste it in there, and then copy that, paste it in the new WordPress install. Of course, it's not just text. You know, there's a, a number of other things we had to fix, which were, you know, broken links was was quite a, quite a common thing. So there's a whole piece of work around fixing those images as well. Not just broken images, because I mean, there were quite a lot of broken images on the old site, but there was also a lot of unnecessarily large images on the old site too, like where we'd gone and downloaded the extra large four megabyte image from deposit photos and just uploaded it straight into the post. By the way, we're doing all of this for Authority Hacker as well, like in the ne- like next month or something, whenever we get to it. So, yeah, I mean, like we made a entire process for optimizing the images and because we're doing it, you know, 780 times or however many it was, we actually ran tests on everything. So we would make sure that our images were the exact width they needed to be. And then, you know, that was the size of the image we would actually create. We even ran a test where we would take stocks, like a number of stock images that like all look differently with different amounts of color in different places. And then we tested every Photoshop export function or export variable. So that was like which quality level you can output it into. And they have this, I don't even know what it means, but like baseline optimized and baseline regular or something. We tested all of those and uploaded them all, checked which ones would check the file size of all of them and visually inspected them for like quality deterioration. And if anyone's interested, Photoshop JPEG quality eight baseline optimized was by far the best for us. So all our in-post images are now in that format. So that was they also all run through shop pixel actually so i bought the app sumo like a while ago it was like five thousand images optimized per month or something it's like about like three or four packages so i think we have like twenty thousand per month or something like crazy amounts i have to be honest with you what does short pixel do i don't know it basically takes your image and runs it through the algorithm to make it much tinier right like up to 80 percent so like that's I'm wondering if it actually did anything because I, I remember when we were... I mean, you can check. You can upload an image on Health Ambition. You go in media and you check your the size of the file on your computer and the size of the file after it's uploaded. Yeah. So, so we did that initially and ShortPixel didn't do anything once we had Photoshop JPEG quality 8 baseline optimized in all of our... Was it activated? All of our tests. Yeah, was it, it was. It was. I mean, I didn't realize it was active again, but whatever. Maybe it did something, but I I, I can't say for sure. Definitely check again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, this is a honest podcast, okay? Yeah. Like when we mess up, you just know it. Not good yeah. idea. I mean, like as I said before, we had a bunch of images which had like hard coded titles in with 2017 or even 2016 in them. There's still quite a few of those, and we still have a huge backlog of images to to actually fix. And uh, yeah, we also took the opportunity to actually change some of our images because previously when we were uploading them, it was just a case of, oh, we're doing an article about avocados. Let's go to deposit photos and find four random pictures of avocados and just randomly put them in. 
which you know you end up with the kind of posts which look like a it's full of stock images you, you've all seen these blogs um i mean you, you've all seen the old health ambitions <laughs> but you know this is one of the things through having your own designer we're actually able to i mean we now have like a process for selecting images and you know a, a preset list of filters which we apply and things which just it makes it look a lot more um it's hard to explain a lot more real and less stocky maybe we'll do an article or a, a podcast or something about this maybe a video or something it would be better in future because it's a really interesting process and i think it's a little thing which actually makes the site look a lot more kind of unique or branded or professional or whatever you want to call it yeah the photos are way better i'm checking the media library now it's like i actually like i like it it feels like medium.com or something like this you know yeah yeah so in the yeah as i said we're re-uploading every single post from scratch now i mentioned earlier that we wanted to use aawp to manage all our Amazon Amazon links. But not only that, we wanted to build short codes to generate the top five tables or mini review tables to insert into certain articles. Now, where we did have some kind of benefit of using Thrive Architect previously meant that all of these were in basically exactly the same format on the old site. So, you know, all the columns were in the same order and they, they're all coded exactly the same. So what I actually did is I went on Upwork and I spent about $100 hiring a scraping expert who was able to scrape our old site for all of these tables and manipulate all that data and put it into CSV in the, with the columns in the exact format which we needed to map how our shortcodes would look. So if you think, for example, if we're reviewing, I don't know, a toothbrush and it has uh, you know, five stars for quality then and there was five stars displayed on Thrive Architect, then it was smart enough to actually look at that and pull the number five from that input it into the, the the csv so and i'm sure there's probably a few other tricks like that which we could have run on, on the old site to speed things up if we're if we're thinking about it this was honestly something in which came a lot later in the day but yeah i mean a hundred dollars it saved us probably three weeks of work so yeah i think that was that was probably a a big win plus it also forced us or it also enabled us to put all this data in one Google Sheet now. And so whenever we're uploading new articles, we're adding to the sheet. And that allows us to run mass tests and you know, make sure or check if we've reviewed the same product before and you know do all sorts of stuff like that. So yeah, I was pretty pretty happy with that. That's a pretty big win. And yeah, as I said, we, uh, we fixed a lot of broken links. We also removed a lot of kind of unnecessary links, which I'm now debating whether that actually hurting our internal linking kind of thing overall but that's that's one thing which we need to to get back to is do a full review of of internal linking in the site because that was not part of our our process as we were doing the migration it was kind of like we wanted to do some things which we had to touch anyway such as the images and we wanted to make them right but at the same time we just want to get the new site up so we took a kind of what's the minimum viable product we can do to put the site live that's not going to be any worse than the the old version than current version so like when we first put the site live like the home page was like half broken there was no about page you know all that kind of stuff and you know all these internal links weren't done properly the we still haven't done any like on-page optimization you know that kind of stuff so 
yeah, it's still a work in progress. Uh, the migration was a complete bitch to do purely because we had so many pages and we had so many different different ways of doing things over the years that had changed and like nothing was consistent. So that was kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Are you done with the rental? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Did, did I say you shouldn't use Thrive Architect? I can't remember now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going to hate us, you know. Anyway, yeah, I mean, another thing that to think about is like... So Mark basically prepared the site and he comes to me and he's like, it's ready. I mean, I had checked it in the meantime. I was doing a lot of Atari Hacker stuff in the meantime. But there was also some stuff to... The transition was fairly easy because it was on the same host. Essentially, the main thing is moving the, the DNS record from, you know, the, essentially the WordPress install that is the old site to the WordPress install that is the new site. And hopefully everything's ready. But actually, before I did that, I also ran one final test on checking that all the URLs match. And then right after I did the DNS move, which we use Cloudflare. So Cloudflare essentially is our DNS. We submitted the sitemap and we have moved, so we use Tag Manager, Google Tag Manager for analytics and any kind of marketing code we want to put on the site. And it's kind of nice because this way it was easy to just put the Tag Manager. We use a plugin called Google Tag Manager for WordPress by Duracell Tommy, if I remember. Essentially, I had to just move that and then essentially the analytics was on the new site and it was a really smooth transition. It allowed us to essentially have continuous monitoring of the traffic, the pages, et cetera, et cetera. So how long ago was it? I think it was in end of March, I think, we did it. End of March, start of April or something like that. Yeah. It's like, it's actually not, it's just like a, maybe five weeks ago. Uh, look, I think six, six, seven weeks, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what happened after this. Well, the first thing was we forgot to do the, we forgot to remove the no follow or no index, no index. So we, we caught that on day one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do anything. That was one thing that you need to look for in the transition. I forgot to mention. Yeah, definitely. So you do that, you know, you have this thing like this courage um, search engines to index WordPress or something in the general settings uh, of WordPress. And so you tick this when you when you build the second site, essentially, but then you need to untick it. Uh, so something that's also worth mentioning along similar vein is when we were working on the test site, it was always like password protected, yeah, I didn't yeah. want Google's like indexing it, any like duplicate content issues or you know mapping or whatever. So, yeah, I also didn't want people to start copying it until it's released. You know, so now it's released. Now, now I'm like, we're if you are copying it, maybe wait a few weeks until we finish running some more of the CRO tests because the current <laughs> yeah. version. So. You might as well get the yeah. better version. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So essentially, the traffic didn't really go up though after this, right? Not at all. Not at all. No, it made no difference whatsoever. Um, which was, it stayed stable. We didn't lose anything, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was. I mean, that was always obviously the biggest risk is if you mess. If you do your URL mapping correctly, then it's not really such a risk. But yeah, I mean, that's obviously a good thing that that, that that didn't happen and nothing free fell. But I was, to be honest with you, I was expecting just based on the fact that the average load time of a page went from you know 12 seconds to 1.5 or whatever, that uh, that plus just everything else being better on mobile would, would make a big difference, but it didn't. Well, the thing is, like, it kind of comforts me on what I've been saying since the beginning, that like, PHP is not that important, you know? I mean, especially, I mean, it depends on what kind of site you run, right? If you're running a multi-million dollar business, yes, you should do, you should do page speed. 
if you're running a blog that's making passive income, it's important to do the basics, but do you really need to spend your days optimizing your speed? Nah, not really. I don't think so. I think as well, I mean, we're seeing people sort of like, for example, when we do link building, respond more favorably than they were before. It's hard to say whether like what's made difference because I mentioned at the start of the podcast, we hadn't published any new content since August. So when we started publishing the new content, you know, it had the new image style, it had the new design, and it was just new content. And we weren't trying to like scrape the bottom of the barrel with uh, with skyscraper and on the old stuff. So it's hard to say exactly what what's making the difference. I think in general, the way that our site is now set up, I mean, we still have a few tweaks and stuff to uh, make, as we mentioned, but it's going to allow us to to actually properly optimize it. And that's one of the things with, again, with the CRO test, which we've already starting to happen. Yeah, I think also the reason for the lack of growth is was definitely the lack of publishing following the results of what happened after we, re, uh, we published a new version, you know? You know, we had a question mark. We we're like, well, is it because the site is shit technically or is it because there's no new content, you know? And I, I think looking at what happened, it's definitely due to the lack of content. One thing that did happen, however, is advertising revenue went up 40% actually. Oh yeah, that was, that's what I mean. I mean, that's pretty significant. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> about this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good money. I mean, like it's, uh, it makes good money with advertising. It was already doing quite well, but like, we're using the same uh, setup. We're using AdThrive. And yeah, as soon as we move, I, I believe it's due to the better mobile experience. And the fact that the content area is larger, so we can put larger ads on mobile, therefore they pay more, you know? Yeah, we also did a bit of work on uh, like related posts and the way that's all displayed is much better. So I, I haven't checked it in the last few weeks, but I remember in the first week or two, you know, the average pages per visitor was up like from... I forget. It was up like 20% or something. So that would probably go some way to contributing towards display ad revenue increase. So. Yeah. And then, so essentially, commercial affiliate stuff didn't really move. It kind of stayed stable. And ads went up 40% revenue, which was still a nice win, you know? Then we got the guys from Convertica starting to do some CRO. And we haven't rolled out their results site-wide at the time at which we're recording this podcast. But on their test, they've managed to essentially do a better version of our you know, widgets, et cetera, that on some tests get up to 40% more click-through rate. We need to check if it translates into more conversions, but definitely interesting. We'll definitely talk about this more when we roll it out site-wide and we have more data, like see how much of a real impact on, on revenue it makes, but I'm quite positive it's going to go up. Speaking of tracking conversions, I, I think we've sort of glanced over this. But we've actually created uh, every page now has its own tracking ID, Amazon tracking ID, which means that we can now see at a page level where our revenue or what our sort of revenue split is, what pages are working well. And the idea is that we can overlay that data with traffic data, ranking data, all sorts of other stuff, and then use that to make smarter decisions about, for example, where we want to do link building and like, you know, which pages should we optimize. And even one thing I really want to get into is looking for non-Amazon affiliate offers, because I know there's a lot of them out there. But up until now, I had no idea which pages were really like, you know, driving the results. 
else. But it's very clear now that there's, you know, a small number are responsible for, you know, a big chunk of the, the, the income from, from Amazon. So, yeah, that's, that's again, another advantage of, of doing it the way we do. Yeah, so that's basically what happened after. Traffic's been stable, revenue is up from advertising mostly, but there's definitely an, an uplift coming from affiliate provided those tests, results translate site-wide. So hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll be able to at least quickly mention it. Now let's just talk about everything we haven't done yet. Because <laughs> it's, as we said, we wanted like a basic version of the site up. It wasn't about absolutely doing everything and then taking ages to release it, but rather have a better, like as soon as the test site is, the new site is better than the old one, release it, then iteratively make it yeah, better. This has actually allowed us now to upload all of that content, which we'd written since August, but not published. Knowing that we were going to move meant that uh, back then meant that, you know, there wasn't really too much point in uploading the content or, I mean, maybe there was as an argument that, to be made, but we're kind of disincentivized to, to do it when we knew we were going to have to like migrate all the content manually anyway. So if we'd done that, it would have taken, you know, an extra month to do the migration, but maybe it was still would have been worth it. I don't know. I mean, 500 or something. How many articles was this? Not even close. No, no. Yeah. So are we done publishing all of this? Not yet, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's like it, it was basically 50% of the size of the site that has been written between the time we decided to redesign and the time we actually got the new site up, which which is crazy. I mean, this site is going to be fairly large when we're done. Another thing that hasn't been finished, like we've kind of like done small chunks of it, is the size structure and the categories. So because of the URL structure on health submission, it's just like post name at the end. So we can actually move categories around. We haven't designed custom category pages. They're kind of like very just basic WordPress right now. We want to do better. And we want to apply a lot of the silo stuff that we've been talking about on the site. On the site, It hasn't been applied yet. So it's something that we need to work on. And even in the... I know like I have to like do some more cure research for health ambition. And even in the way we're gonna be like we're gonna be building like full silos like all at once now rather than just spreading it around like we've done before. Another thing that's not around anymore is uh, email marketing, right? Not no email marketing is present on the website yet. Yeah. I mean the truth is we just weren't doing it. So, I mean, we, like, as I said, we were trying to do like the minimum viable version of the site to get it up so we could continue working on it. And that meant it was not included email marketing because it, we're not making any money off it. We're not promoting anything. We're not, not doing it at all. Yeah, we used to and then we stopped basically. We stopped looking for new offers. It's like there was no, we lost the balance with email marketing, I felt. With and also just we were not we didn't like the site we didn't like the product we didn't like the brand and we felt like we didn't usually when we're something there's something we don't feel good about we're probably not the best business people in that sense we just don't push it you know like a good example is Atari Hacker Pro a lot of people want to buy it right now I'm like no I want to do updates first I want to add new content I want to do all of this people are like emailing us like we want to buy it we want to buy it I'm like no if you do want to buy it you can just buy the authority site system <laughs> on our site now and there's, you may or may not find an upsell behind that but. anyway but yeah, so same thing with the email here it's kind of like something we want to get back to but we want to clean it up as well the same way we've kind of like stopped house emission clean it up and like try to push through the next ceiling because we felt like the ceiling with it felt kind of the same with email so we will bring it back especially if we get into sponsored content just to send traffic to the sponsored posts but we'll do it in a much cleaner way than it used to be another thing we haven't done is site speed audit so we have done the image optimization we have a very lightweight site right now 
But I do think there's still optimizations that can be done and that hasn't been done. Uh, it's not something that I want to work on all the time. We did actually do a piece of work on optimizing site speed during the migration. Um, the development team did that. But th- there's definitely a lot more we can do. But it's. I think there's like wa- a lot of one-offs that can be done for the site to be faster. Like It's not something I want to work on all the time, but like nailing it once and then forgetting about it is probably something I want to do. On-page optimization, we basically we uploaded articles as they were. We've cleaned up the formatting, we've cleared the HTML, but things like keyword density, title tags, click-through rate, etc., hasn't been really worked on. So we have a lot. Our plan here, or my plan at least, is to is to actually make a kind of like set of standards which we need to to adhere to, and then first or start for new content, start putting it through that process, and then eventually like go through the entire old like all the older articles and, and put it through that process as well. I think there's huge wins we'll, we'll get by, by doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of these things where, I mean, we're, we have very basic on-page optimization right now, and, and, but it's also as big as a... Plugin. I mean, there's, there's, there's none. But there is basic one. Like, I mean, you have the keywords in the titles, you have the keywords a couple of times in the text, et cetera, but not a lot more than that, you know? Yeah, I mean, we don't even think we monitor to see, like, how many times the keywords in the, the text, for example. It just happens to be in there because that's our keyword research is on point, but our on-page optimization is, I mean, don't do what we do, do what we say, basically. Yeah. Internal linking, I guess it goes with on-page optimization. It's kind of like a two-in-one, I'd say. And a lot of images, yeah. I'd say it's like a lot of images are missing. At this point right now, it's like we're bottlenecking so much on images that we're publishing articles without images just so they start ranking. And then our designer tries to catch up with them, but I think we're publishing faster than she can even cope with it. Just because we have this huge log. Yeah. It's like when I go and publish on Health Mission, like the other night, I published like 28 articles in like an hour and a half, you know? And it's like to do the images for it, especially when we do what we do with them, it takes a long time. So I think we do it on a per skyscraper need basis, you know, mostly. And then the rest, it's like, it's kind of like when we have time. Uh, and then... After the images are done, I want to get back to Pinterest. But right now, since we're bottlenecking on images, I don't think there's a point going on Pinterest. But when we will, then definitely the point, the plan is to... I'm even considering restarting Pinterest from scratch, actually, as well. Kind of like resetting it, because a lot of our old stuff wasn't my favorite. Another thing to point out as well is like after this redesign, actually, the, not after this redesign, Compared to last year, we're actually up 100% in commercial traffic on health ambition, you know? So despite the fact that the traffic has stagnated, the traffic that makes the most money is actually doubled. So it's definitely a growing site in revenue, even though the analytics looks much flatter than its revenue growth. So let's just wrap it up slowly and talk about lessons learned through this redesign and maybe how we're going to do the next one differently, you know? So go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, I think the number one takeaway from all this is when you're building your site, keep it simple. If when we started Health Ambition, we had no idea that we were going to be, you know, publishing thousands of articles and like that, like really the extent that it was going to go to. So of course we hadn't planned out for to do these kinds of things, and we learned how to do a lot of the things we did kind of along the way. So. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, it's kind of something which we're a bit guilty of on Authority Hacker and the blog there as well. Is just very, like, busy content. It kind of almost looks like a sales page in a way, even though it's a piece of blog content. It's, like, too much on the magazine end of the spectrum and not enough on the, like, here's just a good blog post end of the spectrum. 
uh, one thing again sorry harf on the thrive thing but people have been asking about one thing that did kind of frustrate me a bit which i think elementor they solve this problem is that you can migrate out of it is that right Thrive Architect, you can also do it actually now. They move your content to the normal WordPress editor, just not Thrive Content Builder. Okay, fair enough. Wish I wish I'd known that uh, four months ago. So, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. <laughs> Problem solved. Keep using Thrive. No, I mean, like I know I've given them a, a, a hard time in, in the show, and it really has been not a great experience for us in the last six months, but. In general, I mean, we still have other sites which which is are on Thrive at the moment, and you know, we've made a lot of money with pages built on Thrive as well. I think it's worth mentioning. It's like you know, when we say these kind of things, a lot of people tend to take them to the nth degree and be like, if you use Thrive, there's absolutely no chance you can make money. I don't want to put it to that level, so I really want to point it out. And we've made like when we started out, it, it was kind of convenient to have it, you know. Yeah, massively, and I think it's one of these things that now we're trying to do it perfectly. Whereas previously, yeah, just getting it done, getting a site up, getting, you know, your, your content online and, and ranking was way more important than, you know, making it infinitely scalable, which is starting to become more of a concern for us now. So we talked about an, a number of tools today, like, you know, what theme we use. And uh, I know there's going to be people out there listening to this who are like, oh, you know, Gail and Mark switched to Generate Press. Uh, I, I need to redesign my site completely in Generate Press too. You don't. As we said, when we did all of this work, all the image optimizations, three months of content migration, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, nothing changed. The traffic is exactly the same, like like really not even like a few percent. It was exactly the same. So take everything we're saying here with a pinch of salt. You don't need to to do any of this right now. Atari Hacker is still running on the old style. It's still running on the theme that we've set up on day one. It's still growing nicely, you know? One other big takeaway I actually wanted to say was I mentioned about this whole MVP model and just getting a basic enough version of the site up, of the new site up and start working on it. One thing we did neglect was the About Us page. And I didn't really give too much thought to it, but when we, like in the first week of link building, that actually came back as like a pretty big uh, red flag. A lot of people were saying, well, I don't really know who you are. You're not very, you don't have an about us page or, you know, that kind of stuff. So if you guys are doing outreach, doing link building outreach, perhaps consider putting a bit more effort into your about us page, you know, sticking your photos up there, putting a bit of a bio about what you do, what your mission is, that kind of stuff, because it's made quite a big difference since we've since we built that page yeah now we have like the writers we have all of these helen is still here i was gonna say uh, well I, I mean we meant we said at the start of the year it's some of you were migrating or like not migrating but like uh transitioning away from the whole persona thing and we are continuing to do that um, yes helen sander is still there on the, the about us page but we've actually started sometimes outreaching not from her and we've started and we're going to be starting putting different writers bios on and all that kind of stuff so it's not really uh, we're not fully moved away from that yet but it's in process it's fading away i mean her face is not on the homepage, etc like it's definitely like we can't really just remove it right away and we just like have many other things to do but it's something that, like in a year i don't think she'll be around anymore so much so yeah, I also wanted to say that one lesson learned is that you can't imagine how much stuff breaks on your site when you don't look at it. I mean, visit old posts on Notary Hacker, you see what I'm talking about. 
a recommendation for this is to use the Ahrefs audit tool. Like they have a new audit tool. You can do it with Screaming Frog as well. I think uh, the guys from, I can't remember, uh, SEO Power Suite, I think they also have a site crawl that allows you to find errors. So uh, one of these basically, but like, it's something that we're going to start doing more on health mission. I think every, maybe once a year, even just, just run an audit, check everything that's broken and run a big uh, new year cleaning session for the sites. Cause I think, I think that will prevent the need from restarting from scratch in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just storing all your, as much data about your posts as possible in spreadsheets has been hugely helpful for us for many reasons. <laughs> You know, to check whether you've matched up all the URLs correctly during the migration was was one thing. But uh, you know, I also mentioned for us to be able to you know track revenue to page levels uh, as another thing. And yeah, it's been massively helpful for us to do that. Yeah, it's kind of like we didn't grow as much in revenue even for affiliate, but like just the fact that we understand which pages make money, what doesn't, what has worked, what has not. It's like. Our decision making now for the future of the site is way better. Like the data I have access to when I do QL research is so helpful. I'm, I guarantee you the growth rate is going to be much better in terms of revenue. So even though in terms of traffic, it's really not really that positive. The bump in ad revenue was nice. The fact that we could finally do CRO was nice. And the future is looking good. And it's looking to achieve what we wanted, which is growing the passive income as a stage two authority site definitely looking like we can do that now whereas there was this ceiling of terrible text slash even site that wasn't motivating to work on because it, it just didn't like feel like a great site now it's like i'm happy when i open health emission i work on it. it wasn't the case six months ago you know yeah i mean the, there's no one thing which was kind of a deal breaker it was just a collection of five years worth of bits and pieces broken here and there and you know we'd, we'd never done like a full kind of checkup on it that kind of caused this. I mean, I know we're going to get people asking, oh, do I need to redesign my site, redo everything? Like 99% of people probably won't. And you'll move your move the needle much more by just creating more content, building more links. I want to say, if you're not making good money, don't even consider it, you know? A lot of people that are not making money yet or they're making a hundred bucks a month or something, like don't, don't, don't redesign. Like we did it because we were already at five figures a month and we want to push forward with this site. And what we had, it, it was just plateauing for really long, you know? And while making money, if you're plateauing without making money, you're probably not doing the right thing. If you're plateauing while making money, you probably have a, something that's blocking you from, moving forward and that can be technology sometimes. So in that case, it made sense. It doesn't mean that it's going to make sense for you, but I know a lot of people wanted to know about the health emission redesign, uh, what happened, et cetera. So, you know, we didn't cut and candy. We told you what worked, what didn't work. You can find the show notes on atoyhacker.com slash HA dash redesign. And I think we'll see you next week. So thanks for tuning in and have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.